Hello, hello. I'm really looking forward to next year. Who's looking forward to next year? Who's looking forward that we get together and the Holy Spirit is so powerfully manifested that we cannot stand on our legs? I'm, I'm, I'm willing to believe for that. Are you willing to believe with me? Because when God's Shekinah glory came upon the tabernacle in the desert, Moses and all the Israelites fell down flat. They couldn't contain that glory. They had to lay down flat before God. So why not we ask God next year, be Shekinah glory year? Hey? Oh, why not? Amen. I'm believing for that. I know we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, but I think God kind of limits himself in us because of us. I think there's some of our characteristics or stuff that if he had to really come in full force, he'd hurt us. And he loves us too much to hurt us. First wants us to sort some things out in our own lives if we can release that kind of Shekinah glory. So why not during December have a holy month and January and February a holy month of pressing into the Lord, tasting and seeing his goodness, not being swallowed up by parties and, and whatever else the world can offer us on its tray of delicacies with cyanide in Chocolates with cyanide. Looks lack on the outside, but on the inside it's got poison. Why not say no to that? And I know you do, but every now and then I take a little dip. So imagine if I'm at 53, still take a dip. Hopefully you're better than me. I don't know. Maybe you don't take a dip of the, what the world offers. Then we say, no, Lord, I just want what you have for me. That's not the topic of this, morning, this evening's message, by the way. I just thought that as, as a freebie for all of us. That's what I'm believing for. I'm looking forward to next year already. So I know we're tired. I don't know. We're probably tired from work and the worries and the cares and the strains of 2023. But 2023 was a breakthrough year, I think, for many of us. Would you agree with me? Really was a phenomenal. So we can have the first slide up. So after this message, I'm going to try to make it as short as possible. Um, after this message, if you have a better title for me, please come tell me or WhatsApp it to me, because I'm not sure this is the right title, but I've landed on calling it a journey of thanks. So I was visiting with a dear, dear, precious brother, and he's a leader in a church far, far away from here. So it's nobody you know personally, probably not even heard of. He's a precious brother, and we started chatting, and he'd gone through some challenges in his church. Um, and he was sharing how unfair it is, all the attacks that he was experiencing, um, and people's criticism, and other leaders, and, and their shortcomings, and, and some of them were working with him, some of them he was overseeing, and he continued and continued, and then he said, but nobody dreams with him about the future, and, and he just started spiraling into this hole of self-pity and feeling he's a victim. And then, obviously, I was trying to encourage him because I love him, and, and, I, and I recognize myself in him. When things don't go that well, I think some of us, if not all of us, fall into we're a victim. This is unfair. It's in, unjust. Who, who falls into that when everything comes against you? 
and you somehow fall, yes, Lord, what's going on? Why? Why? I've done this and this, and, and it's like you want to make a list of all the good things you've done and how kind you've been and how wonderfully you've been to the Lord, and, and I just recognized myself in this, in this precious brother, and, uh, and initially I said to him, I said, you know what? Say, no, his name is Peter. I said, Peter, um, I remember a few months ago, before any of this happened, we were dreaming about planting a work in that town and you sending your congregation members to help you planting that work. And we were dreaming about that, and he'd forgotten about that because he had fallen into a spiral of, I'm a victim, woe is me, I'm suffering, I'm struggling, I'm getting criticized, a lot of injustice I'm experiencing. And then I read uh, the parable, not the parable, the true story of the ten lepers. And the ten lepers uh, coming or coming to Christ, and he says, go show yourself to the priest, and one of the ten come back and say thank you. And the one that came to say thank you was not a Jew, was not part of the, the nation of Israel, the family of God. He was a Samaritan, and he was the only one of the ten that came to say thank you. And Christ says, how come you're the only guy that comes to say thank you? What about the other nine? And it just hit me with having this conversation with this precious dear brother and identifying what he's going through in my own life because I also fall in that same trap and reading this and I realize how I as a Christian, as a reborn Christian, I lack in giving God proper thanks. I lack in having a perspective that God's in control no matter what comes my way. No matter what bad news, no matter how much injustice is done to me, I should always say, Lord, I thank you in this situation. But what happens is usually that, that which causes ingratitude or a lack of thankfulness is where we fall into a rut of feeling we are being victimized. We're the victim. So we feel we're the victim. And we feel, yes, but I'm entitled. I'm entitled to have some respect. I'm entitled to be recognized. I'm entitled to have some good come my way. And that in Afrikaans is, ek maak ansprak, ek het recht daartoe. And it's when I fall into this, I'm a victim, I'm entitled, that it's impossible for me to be grateful. Have you recognized that in yourself, or is it just me? When I think, yes, but people owe me, it's hard for me to be thankful. Who of you struggle with the same thing? But when I throw away that I don't deserve things, the only thing that I deserve is to, to serve God. I don't even deserve to serve God, but the only thing that I deserve is, no, I don't deserve anything, actually. I'm just grateful that God is saving me from hell and eternal damnation. But when I am in a place where I feel I'm being treated unjustly, unfairly, and I, and I become, I have this, I'm, I'm a victim, and I become entitled because of that, then it's impossible for me really to say thank you, Jesus, in all circumstances. And um, I'm going to scroll down now. You're going to have to keep up with me. So you can put up the 1 Thessalonians scripture. So I'm jumping around a bit in the message. Just as I feel the Spirit lead us. Um, the 1 Thessalonians scripture says the following. Have you got it? faster than me. Um, it says, yeah, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, always be joyful. 
Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belongs to Christ Jesus. Who here has managed to always be joyful? Please, somebody own this. Huh? Craig. Craig, stand up. Ah! All right. Craig, now, honestly, when you're not around them, are you always joyful? Okay. <laughs> but I still want you to lay hands on me. I want that blessing. Yeah. Always be joyful. So outside of the power of the Spirit and outside of not feeling you're a victim, not feeling entitled, not having a proudful heart. So we're just going to mention a few things that hinder us from being thankful. And that's being proudful. Is a proud person thankful? Speak to me now. Is an angry person thankful? Is an entitled heart thankful? Writes. Ek het rechte. Dit kom my toe. Is a discontented heart thankful? Is an unforgiving heart thankful? Is an unrepented heart thankful? Is a shamed heart thankful? If you shame, you sit with shame. So basically, if you sit with shame, you're allowing the shame to make you a victim and you're not seeing yourself through the eyes of Christ. You can't be thankful then. Would you agree with me? person that's shamed cannot be thankful because you're seeing yourself through the eyes of other people. You're defining yourself not by what God says about you, but you're defining yourself by that which is causing you embarrassment and shame. It's hard then to be thankful. And then embarrassment. Is it, is it easy to be thankful when you're embarrassed? Who's the center of your life when you're embarrassed? Who are you focusing on? You. Now, I know there are reasons, and there's, and there's a lot of grace. I'm, off, I'm some, not often, but I am sometimes embarrassed. I've gone through a lot of embarrassment to just shrug it off by the age of 53. Hopefully you get there at 23 and not have to do another 30 years. But embarrassment hinders us from being grateful and thankful. So, um, and there's other stories. You can go read it yourself. I'm not going to go into it. But if you look at the response of the guys on the cross next to Jesus, look at their posture of their heart. The one was entitled and felt he was a victim. He said, if you're really the son of God, why don't you get us off these crosses? Remember the story? You can go look at the, there should be the reference, hey, if you can give them the reference. And the other guy said, who do you think you are? Are you crazy? This man has done nothing wrong. If you, if you can forgive us, Jesus, would you forgive us for our sins? We deserve to be on this cross. And he's got a humble attitude and saying, I deserve nothing. But would you, could you remember me when you wake up in paradise? And Jesus says, you'll wake up with me. So look at that heart's posture. And maybe another title for the message could be entitlement versus gratefulness. Or victim versus thanks. Victim versus thanks. Entitlement versus thanks. Entitlement versus gratefulness, victim versus gratefulness. So whenever I get into that rut, it's hard for me to be thankful, to say, Lord, wow. 
And you think of the story now, so the, the one thief, he's sober about who he is. He is just grateful. He, he's owned his mistake. He owns who he is. He could have said, like the other guy, I'm unjustly put here. I'm unfairly crucified. I, how dare they do this? And you should help us because you're in the same boat as we are. Like the other thief. And he said, no, I'm not going to have that attitude. And I want to challenge you to go into this holiday season into 2024 with a grateful and thankful heart. By not allowing people's attacks, injustice, emotions, circumstances, unfairness, injustice to rob you of a grateful heart. Because you allow yourself to get swallowed into that vortex, that hole, you're in a bad place. And you lose objectivity like that man, that precious brother that was saying, but why, why, why I'm, I'm unfairly treated and nobody's doing this and... and he was not objective about the circumstances. He could not see clearly. Just like the man hanging on the cross that started scorning Christ. He became blind to his own mistakes. He became blind to his own faults. That's what entitlement does. That's what feeling you're a victim does. That's what shame and all these points that I've just mentioned, what it does to us. It blinds us to our own weaknesses, our own cracks. And who here has, doesn't sit with cracks? We all have cracks. And we need the grace and the love of God as much as I do. And I stand right in the front of the line when I'm, I'm preaching to you as much as I'm preaching to myself. But I know this to be the gospel truth. So let's look at five points to grow a thankful heart. Please write them down and write the scriptures down. I'd like you to go back to it during the holidays. The first thing is repent. Say, Lord, I repent of my lack of gratefulness. Sorry, Jesus. I'm sorry, God, that I've fallen into self-pity, that I've fallen into eye of rights and feeling of unfairness, injustice. I'm sorry, my Lord. Please, please forgive me. Repent first. There's the scripture reference. Second one is make a choice to ask God for his perspective. Ask God, Lord, what is your perspective about this injustice that it's hard for me to be thankful in this situation and to rejoice always? It's hard for me, Lord, to rejoice and be thankful in this. So give me your perspective, God. Tell me what I'm not seeing. So there was a precious brother, a loving brother, that said something I experienced very cruel to me. I'm not going to tell you what he told me. Maybe one day I will. Yes, and I wrestled. And I knew I had to forgive him, but it was so cruel. I experienced it ex as extreme cruelty. It wasn't this year, it was last year. Extreme cruelty. And I thought, yeah. And I wrestled and I said, God, show me your perspective. Tell me why am I struggling to forgive this brother? Why am I thank struggling to be thankful in this situation? Because I must be thankful in all circumstances. As your word says in 1 Thessalonians. And as I wrestled with God, I was lying in the Karoo. We were doing a soul care in um, Willowmore. And there's these big rock hills. And I was lying on top of this rock hill looking in the sky. It's lekker. Have you ever lay on a, on a mountain looking up at the sky? Who's done that? It's stunning. The clouds pass by like another world. It's like underwater doing snorkeling with all the different fish and colors. It's beautiful. So I'm lying there and I'm saying, Lord, speak to me. 
the Lord dropped this following thing. He said, make you too big in your own eyes. Hey, that was a lacquer clop. <laughs> I loved that slap because I needed it. When God speaks, it's, wow, thank you, Lord. And then whenever I felt, no, 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 you too big in your own eyes. Mac, become smaller. Okay, Lord, I readjust. I realign because I've gotten God's perspective regarding the injustice, the hurts that's been given to me, and I can be thankful in that circumstance. Does that make sense? Next point, three, third point. Soak yourself with the word and worship. Now, I know we labor this point. Worship God. Study his word. I know we will never stop laboring it because it's a foundation of our faith is to enter the presence with praise and worship, to read his word. I can't tell you how many times reading God's word, and it's convicted me. It's softened my heart. It's made me have grace for people that I shouldn't have grace for, in my perspective. But suddenly I see people through the eyes of Christ as I see myself through his eyes. Soak yourself in the word and in worship. It changes your heart's posture. With his word. So the way I soak myself in the word, whatever I read, I ask myself two questions. What do I learn out of these verses of the heart of Jesus for me? And I write it down. Second question I ask is, what am I learning about who God is through these verses? And I write it down. So you have your scripture reference there for soaking yourself with the word of God and worship, John 6 and Psalm 105. Next point. Train yourself to always ask where I have gone wrong. So in the first years of our marriage, now I do it less. You must pray for me to do it again. But in the beginning years of our marriage, whenever we would have a fight, me and Nodine, those are newlyweds. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this in premarital, but we have fights. Then I'd always say, God, where am I at fault in this fight? I wouldn't go to God and say, where is Nordine at fault? I'd say, God, I didn't like doing that, by the way. It took everything in me to do that. Guys, it's not nice to say, God, show me my fault. Well, you know she's wrong. <laughs> mm. Hey, guys, or girls. And I'd say, Lord, show me where I've gone wrong. What, 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 what am I not seeing? And then God would come and he'd show me. And eventually, I'm so convicted about my heart's attitude and my attitude, even though the situation, she really is 80% wrong. I'm so convicted by my 20%, I don't care about the 80%. Hey, most of the times, I'm 20, only 20% wrong. They live with us, eh? He's staying out of that argument. <laughs> She's not here. Okay, okay, he says yes. She's not here. Yeah. And then, and then uh, the Lord would... Um, and I'd go to my wife and I'd say, Liffy, you know what? I'm so sorry. I know this was my part's attitude. This was my posture. I'm wrong. And uh, I had to do that for two years. I had to sow that for two years. And after two years, she started reciprocating. She started saying sorry. But I had to sow it for two years. Be an example. Lead by example. So train yourself to always first time when you find it hard to say thank you. And something is injustice being done, something is terrible, something is not nice, people have, have treated you, they've said the wrong things, they've implied things, they've been nasty, whatever the case might be, and it's hard for you to be thankful in that circumstance, say, what could I have done better? 
Maybe I've not done something, but maybe something in my heart is not right. Show me my heart, Lord. The fifth point, the last point is, this is a tough one. Why not let injustice be done to you? Have you ever read this verse? It's a, it's a very hard scripture. Hey, Lorinda, as I'm looking 1 Corinthians 6, 7. Could we have the verse on, please? The, have you got that verse? Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm going to read it to you. It's probably my mistake. Even, <laughs> I'm practicing what I'm preaching. <laughs> oh, I'm really doing, but not even my wife, eh? with a brother and a sister. Okay, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 7 says, Even to have such lawsuits with one another is a defeat for you. So this is two brothers and sisters that are fighting, that are in disagreement, and they go to lawyers. And Paul is saying, are you crazy? How can the body of Christ go to the world to help you? You should get the elders. You should sort it out among yourself. How can you do that? Are you mad? What example are you being to the, to the, to the world if you're fighting amongst yourselves? So he says, why not? Even to have such, look at that, stunning. Even to have such lawsuits with, with one another is a defeat for you. Why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourself be cheated? Should we say amen too? Do we submit to this word? Do we all submit to it? Yeah. It kills the great unholy trinity. What's the great unholy trinity? That's it. So I want to share a story and then we're going to finish. All right. Then it's going to be the end. I, when I was in Kimberley three weeks ago, I took a day, I had a day off before we had to fly back, and I went to hunt with a friend. Um, and the agreement was so many kilograms for this price. It, it was a brother that negotiated with a farmer, and he's a good friend of the farmer. And we, the whole day we drove around and we found no Blovillabeus cow that was big enough. And eventually I shot one, but it was a, was a, was a calf. It was a one-year-old calf. And we, we, we only shoot animals for the meat. We love venison. We're not trophy hunters. So we love the meat. Okay. So just that you know. And, uh, and it's adventurous to try to stalk the animals and go behind them and all of that stuff. Burned terribly here and my legs and everything. Um, and then I, I said to the, f to, the, to the guy that guided us, listen, could we maybe shoot another animal um, to make up the 80 kilos because that's the agreement. The whole day we could not find another cow, Blovillabeus cow, that is big enough. We, oh, just, we just found bulls and we can't shoot the bulls because they are, shoot for, they are used for trophy animals. So the people that shoot them stuff their heads and put it up against the wall. That's a trophy animal. They don't care about the meat. And so we couldn't. And then, the, then I left. I said, I'll be happy with that. It's fine. I accept it. And then the farmer phoned me and he said, no, he'll get me a big enough cow. To cut a long story short, he also could only shoot a small one because he couldn't find a big one. We got 42 kilos. And I kept saying to him, Jung, um, 
could we could we have um, um, is 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 how much does it weigh? And he kind of said it's close to the right kilos, close to eighty. And then when I weighed it, I saw no, it's not. Phoned him and said to him, listen, is the rest being made biltong? Is it coming? Lady said, no, that's all that it came out to be. And I said, all right, that's fine. Thank you so much. So the original kilograms was this and this, and this is the price for those kilos, for 80 kilos. So I divided the amount by 80, and then I timed that by 42 to see how much I pay per kilo. That's fair, hey? And I sent it to him, and then he was very upset. He said, ah, I'm very upset. I had to shoot two animals. I shot one. He shot one. I didn't shoot the other one. And, and he was like overreacting. He was offended. He was upset with me. And, um, and I was upset because why is he upset? I'm being fair, you know. And it's, this is now injustice to me. And he feels I'm doing injustice. I'm thinking, but this is, doesn't make sense. And then I went to God and I said, God, what do I do? And as clear as daylight, God said to me, yeah. You often preach Luke 6 from verse 22 that says, when an, em- uh, whose shirt can I? when an enemy comes, to come forward, when an enemy grabs your outer garment, give him your undergarments. He must give me his skin. He's got no undergarment. That's what <laughs> Luke, Luke 6 from verse 22 says, if the enemy grabs, he doesn't ask you, he takes it by force. You don't mind me doing this to you, do you? You'll have to forgive me, won't you? He grabs your outer garment. You give him your undergarment. Be like your heavenly father that gives you wicked people things you do not deserve. You can never repay back because he loves you. Be like your heavenly father. Give to others what they demand, what they take. They cannot give it back. They don't deserve it. Have that kind of love. And the Lord says, you often quote this. Now you must practice it, boyki. So it means double the amount for a for a quarter of the meat. And I said, okay, God, I'll do it. I'd rather be cheated than me cheat someone else. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 7. Why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourself be cheated? Oh, who says, ouch, don't tell me that, Mac. I don't like to hear that. I also don't like to hear that. But this is the road of the cross. This is how we're going to impact the world around us. This is how we're going to get the most resistant person to the love and kindness of Christ to melt away in the arms of Christ by living like this telling you guys this is what matters this is where the tacky hits the tar and I said okay God I'll pay these thousands I can only afford the first amount that I've been saving so the rest I'm going to ask him to pay off if he says he wants all the amount I left it I'd made peace with it but then the guy that originally uh, organized the whole trip I just phoned him and I said, this is what's happened. Maybe just make sure he understood the agreement, whatever the case. And he said, Mac, I can't believe he's behaved this way. It's impossible. It's, it's not right. You know, for the amount of meat, what, what we agreed upon, it's not right. And he spoke to the guy. And eventually that guy was so convicted, he said to, to my friend, no, tell him I want nothing. That he's, I want no payment. And I said, no, 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 no. I will pay you what we agreed upon. 
And I ended up paying him what was fair and what was agreed upon. But it, for me to have this lacquer outcome, but now you mustn't do it for the outcome because then your motive's wrong as well. <laughs> but I didn't know this would be the outcome, but I, I really made peace that I would have to pay twice the price for a quarter of the meat. But God blessed me. He helped me. He came through for me. Because I said, Lord, I'm thanking you. And I thank you. If you want me to pay double the amount for quarter of the meat, that's fine. I'll do it. I'd rather be cheated, as this scripture says, than me or someone else feel they're being cheated by me. It's not an easy test, guys. It's painful. <sighs> but it's so liberating to have the Holy Spirit moral high ground. Always choose to have the Holy Spirit moral high ground. Close your eyes, please. All right. Who of you say, for the rest of my life, I want to grow in gratitude in all circumstances, no matter what comes my way? Would you stand up? And I'm going to ask Godfrey to lead us in a prayer. A prayer of repentance and a prayer of declaration and asking and trusting God to grow us no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, so Father, we just want to come and we just want to glorify you. We just want to thank you for being a good God. We thank you. Jesus, that you have set an example for us, Lord, of what it looks like to just accept to be cheated and to be just to experience injustice, Lord God, of all sorts, God, that we, as the scripture says, that while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us, um, Lord, and we thank you for just the ultimate example, Lord God, of how you set it, set it for us. And right now, we just pray just for our own hearts and for our own lives, God, where it's really difficult, Father, to live this out, God. We pray, would you give us the grace that we need? Would you give us the mercy, Father, that we need to be able to live like the way, Lord God, you're calling us to live? Um, God, we want to just confess, Lord God, that it, it, it's hard to live this out. We want to confess, God, that, that many, many times we don't get this right. So we just come before you and we just want to repent and we want to ask for forgiveness and we pray, God, would you be the one that helps us, Father, to, to live this out, God? Would you help us, Father, to know, um, God, what it looks like every single time, God, to accept uh, the fact that, Lord, we might be cheated and we, we might, Lord God, be called, Father, just to, to accept that. Um, so we pray right now for our own hearts, even as we just transition into our families, God, where sometimes there might be a lot of stuff that happens, Lord God, just uh, uh, during the holiday. We pray that even in those times that you will just remind us, Lord God, of this timely, timely word, uh, Lord God, of just living like Jesus. Um, so we yeah, I just want to thank you for Mac. We want to thank you for this word. And we pray that it will just simmer and just sit in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, let's give Mac a round of applause. Eh?